Welcome to 90% Mental. I'm your host, Graham Parr, and thank you for joining us for our 19th episode. You know, a couple months ago, I was, I was speaking to a group of individuals on the topic of motivation, and within the audience, there was an amateur bodybuilder by the name of Patricia Johnson. And after my, my presentation, her and I talked a little bit, and the more that I was talking to her and learning a little bit more about what she was getting prepared for mentally and physically for her next bodybuilding competition... I was talking to myself, I'm like, I really need to have her on my show, not only to, to share her journey and her story, but just to share with people in general what bodybuilders have to deal with mentally to get prepared for a competition. So within this conversation that we're going to hear from Patricia, you're going to hear her talk a little bit about her relationship with herself from an inner dialogue or self-talk perspective, which is really interesting. And she talks about music and how it's the the backdrop and the soundtrack of of her experience as a bodybuilder. And another thing that was really interesting is she talks about staying focused while dealing with life issues. And I think this is really important because I think as as much as any athlete wants to live their sport 100%, you just can't because there's, there's a thing that's called life. And with that, sometimes life provides challenges and distractions and can pull you away from, from your goals as an athlete. So she talks a little bit about that and shares an intimate story that just happened to her not too long ago that could have pulled her away from focusing on this competition. So I thought it was really interesting to to kind of hear how she refocused herself to make sure that she was still in alignment to hit her goals. So I'm really excited to have Patricia on the show and I think you're really going to enjoy what she has to say. So let's go talk to Patricia. Hey Patricia, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Grant? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And I want to thank you for being on my show and kind of sharing your story with my listeners uh, with regards to kind of what you're getting, getting your body prepared for in the next couple of weeks for an amateur bodybuilding competition. And I'm really excited to, to kind of learn about not only the journey and the, and the mental preparation that you have to go through to get prepared for these events, but I want to learn a little bit more about why you got into bodybuilding and, and what it means to you. But before we get into that, I always ask all of my guests, what does mentally tough mean to them? It sets the tone of the show, and, and I'm sure that my listeners want to kind of hear what what you think mentally tough means to you. So what does it mean to you? To me, mentally tough means being able to fight that fight without that, without that prey in front of you. So it's being able to visualize, to me, what your end goal is, what is it that you're fighting for, and keep that vision in mind, um, regardless of the obstacles that come your way. Because, again, um, the mental part is the part where you don't have something physical to grab or touch and, like, move it out your way. So the, that movement is happening in your mind. You have to take those that negativity and all those, like, negative thoughts that saboteur those, the devil on your shoulder, you got to um, know when not to listen knock, and knock it off, you know, and, and just keep that vision. That's great. And I think I love asking this question just because it's a very broad question, but a lot of people have kind of similar um, answers, but, but they're, they're very unique within themselves. But with your, with, your, with your thought on this, I love how you brought in how you visualize yourself because I think we as athletes forget about how that is very important and is very powerful in being mentally tough, seeing yourself in any situation in a very positive and strong way. So I, I appreciate your thought on that. 
No, no, no problem. Yeah, I think that part is very important because you get caught up in, especially what I'm doing, of comparing yourself to other people, and you are your own person. You are unique. So you know, I don't want to sound cliche, but it really is you versus you. Um, you have to be better than what you were the day before or the week before so that you can get to that ultimate goal, that ultimate look that you're striving for that only you can accomplish. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. 100%. So getting into kind of the meat potatoes of our conversation, you're about two and a half weeks of going into an amateur bodybuilding event, which hopefully you're, you're going for your, hopefully this will catapult you or get you closer to your pro card. But what got you into bodybuilding? What was your motivation in in getting into this sport? Well, I was always physically fit um, from a very young child. Um, but there was something about the art of how someone can develop their body that really attracted me. And because I really had the genetic aesthetics, this was something that was always on my checklist because I had that kind of like, I better use it or I'm going to lose it type of thing. But, and, you know, I'm getting older. I, I don't mind saying I'm 47. Um, but at the time when I started, it was 2015. Um, and, the, and the main the main thing that really pushed me in 2015 was everyone kept asking me, do, do I, do I um, compete? And I did not compete at all. And I got tired of people asking me. So that kind of like was that little message girl, you better go out there and compete and do something because people you're, think you're doing it. You might as well. This is something you want to do. Why wait? What are you waiting for? Right. And in the past, I did hold back a bit because um, I was a single mother and I was, you know, working out, staying, keeping myself active. And I was very conscious of my son because at the time when he was younger, he would ask me why I looked like that. And I think he was getting questions from his friends. So I kind of like pulled the reins in a bit and held back a bit. And then as he got older and started mature, understanding what I was doing, I think I felt a little bit more comfortable that he was comfortable. And I think that's what helped me as well when I started doing it um, full throttle in 2015. So I said, let's just go for it. Because why wait? What am I waiting for? Because another year will pass. And then I'll say a whole year passed and I did nothing. So I'm going to do something. So I, that, that's what made me start is, I'm doing it um, in 2015. Beautiful. And so you've been bodybuilding for the last couple of years. How many competitions have you been, or how, how many competitions have you participated in? Um, let me see. One, two, three, four. So I've participated in five total, including this year, one this year. I'm sorry, six. And I am going for my seventh one um, in about, towards the end of this month, I'm going to the North America Championships out in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to try and get my pro car. Awesome. Awesome. Now, you've been training for the last couple of years. Definitely, you're, you're I'm imagining that you're, you're in your flow, you're in your groove right now. How do you mentally prepare yourself to get prepared for an event? Well, I think each um, preparation is different because um, I'm learning as I go. By no means am I an expert, um, but I know enough to be dangerous. And I think um, it's kind of like that. I learned from my last mistakes and I improve upon it. 
Um, and I know what my goal is, so I, I want to get that card. I want my, and not only just the card, but just seeing how far I can go. I think it's like my ultimate reward for me. Um, it does feel good when people don't believe I'm, I'm as old as I am. I, I, I'm not going to lie. The ego does get me a little bit, but I, I check myself. I remember, <laughs> I do remind myself why I do this and, and, and it's for me. And I want to see how far I can go. Cause I'm, I'm always one to say, why not? Like, what are you waiting for? If I, I woke up this morning, I'm alive, I'm breathing. Let's go for it. Let's see what we can do. So, but, and, and, I, and I learned after each show and just talking to people and just getting some more information, how I can make improvements and get better and better. And for me, um, I believe there's always room for improvement. There's an opportunity to get better. There's an opportunity to increase my equity just for me, no one else, but just for me. And I think that's what keeps me going. And that's how I get prepared because I want to see how far I can go. I don't, no regrets. I don't want to wait till when I'm like 20 years later, like I'm 80 something and I, and I, I don't want to do the woulda, coulda, shoulda story. That's not me. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Now, so for what I'm hearing is it's not necessarily just getting your card, it's getting your card and then seeing where it takes you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because only, only the select few really make any money out of this, quite honestly. Um, like the, the big top names, like you can actually make a living off of this. But for others, um, you, you, need, you need to have a supplemental income. There's no way. So it's, it's for me, until the sport gets to that level where people actually make money, like, you know, a basketball or football, but we're not there yet, especially on the female side. So to me, it's just about seeing how far I can go. Like, so once I get to pro part, um, I'm going to try and see if I can um, qualify for Olympia. Well, and if, you know, that works out, then let's see what happens from there. Awesome. I might be like the rock and then get movie deals. Who knows? I, I don't know where this goes. But I, I'm just talking out loud and see what happens. You never know. <laughs> I love it. Well, hey, I mean, that's that's the mindset because you, you never know. And, and if you have limiting beliefs and you feel, you know, you go into any situation thinking that it might not or I don't know if I'm good enough, it's probably not going to happen. But the fact that your, your mindset's awesome that you know what you want to do, your goal's in front of you, you're going to hit your goal, and then as you're hitting your goal and you're going on this journey, who knows, there might be other doors that open up for you. Yeah, because I, I think if you don't step in and do it, then the doors don't open. Like, no one's going to come and open that door. You have to be seen to get to get seen, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Other than that, right? Like, it, it's almost like, like Lotto. Like, the only way you're going to win is you got to get in there and play. <laughs> right exactly so, right so that's kind of like my mentality like i have you have to, i have to put myself out there and i will tell you um, on, a, on a side note like i was never in a bikini two-piece you will find no pictures of me prior to body maybe one when my son was little in a two-piece because i was very uncomfortable with my body mm. i was very shy um wasn't comfortable showing my body. Um, don't know why everybody would say you had a great body, but um, prior to that, it never happened. Um, but then once I stepped on stage, it felt really great. It, I couldn't see the audience. Um, there were so many um, lights in my face, you know, <laughs> so that the judges could see the muscles. Right. Um, and backstage, everyone's half naked. So it was like I was amongst company, but. Until then, I was like, I was not comfortable in a two-piece. 
now, like, I have no problem. I'm, I, I, I could care less about being in two piece. It could be as stringy as possible. I just want to make sure that my muscles are showing properly. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, what was it? What was the moment where you you had that that shift? Where, you know, whether if it was body image issues or just being shy or uncomfortable, but what was it that allowed you to kind of be more into your skin and be more into your body and feel more comfortable showing it? I think it was a, a competitive thing for me because on my first show I didn't win, and I knew I could be better and I knew I could beat that person, and I got pissed at myself, and that's that's what that's what did it for me. I'm like, wait a minute. I know I'm stronger than this girl, and I know I have more muscle. It's just that they can't see it. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, like, why are you spending all this time, money, effort, and they, I didn't come up here to lose? Like, that, that, I, so it was that competitiveness that kicked in. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah. And that those negative thoughts about the bot, my body image, and all that, that's where I had to, like, kick that to the side. And, like, that was holding me back. I, I, I had to, like, kind of, like, put it in a shelf somewhere in my brain like and lock it away like you're not coming back out again <laughs> <laughs> and has it came out no not yet all right all right <laughs> well what do you what do you love the most about about training and getting prepared for these these events um how far i could push my body and I, i'll be honest i love being able to lift heavy weights and see that i can do it and i could do it better than a guy i'll be honest with you because as part of my training, especially in the off season, I do powerlifting, and you know I'm pushing some heavy weights because I'm really trying to, again, challenge myself. So after, if I get my pro cards um, in this go around, then I'm going to go back to powerlifting and put some more weight on to do some powerlifting competitions. Um, and I think what I, what the training, what I love about the training is just how much better I can get and, and seeing the improvement. So like, can I put on another 45 pound plate? Can I pick that up and keep my form? Okay. How come I didn't keep my form? What was wrong, Pat? What's going on? Sometimes I, you know, I have to like step away and have a self talk, self conversation. So I look like a crazy person sometimes in the gym. Um, but I have to step away. You know, I'm like pointing at my, my temple and like Pat was going on, come on, come on, get together, get together. And, you know, my coach is staring at me, and he knows what I'm doing. He lets me have, like, my moment. Um, so it's just kind of, like, training myself to get um, better and better. I, I think that's what I get, a, what, what excites me. And then even being able to pull that heavy weight or see the new development and then, like, first when I'm happy, then I see my coach happy, that makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, walk me through when you walk into – the gym when you just it's just a normal day it's a friday you're gonna go work out today what's your mindset are you that are you that type of athlete that goes in and you know exactly what you're gonna do you don't talk to anybody you you're you're totally committed to your plan or do you allow yourself you know to know your plan but then talk to people how do you how do you deal with the, the possible distractions when you go into the gym well so the other thing is like i don't smile a lot so me not smiling and then having these muscles, I look slightly intimidating. So people don't talk to me until after I'm done. Mm. I don't have to say anything. <laughs> so I already, I already come in with my headphones on. Sometimes I have on a, ba a cap on my head. You know, I don't do the hoodie thing. Some people do the hoodie and the headphones. Sometimes I have a baseball cap, but I definitely have headphones on. And I just have a look. Um, I, I don't... 
I don't purposely do it, but the look is I'm in deep thought about what I'm going to do. Like I have a outline of what I need to do, but sometimes the equipment might be taken, so I have to do an alternative strategy. So I'm I, I'm plotting and strategizing. I'm not necessarily being mean and saying get away from me, but I, I just I have a look. So I've been told about that look, and people are not sure if I'm nice or what have you. But people do. <laughs> but there are some people that when that after a while, like you know, they'll wait till I finish my set. But those are the ones that have that gym etiquette. They know to wait till after I finish the set, and they'll come and say something, either compliment or ask me a question, and then. You know, so then they get to know me and they know they talk to me after I'm done with my set or if I'm in transition. So I'm the type where I don't talk. I'm thinking I have an outline of what I need to do and then be ready to do do, um, the alternative if if that doesn't work out. So basically when you walk in, you're, you're just that, you're that athlete that has that game face, which I love. So... Whether, yeah, you know what I mean. Because I, I didn't even know I had it. <laughs> well, hey, I, I look for me when I see. I don't care if you're in the gym, if you're on the court, you're in the pool. I love it when you see athletes that are. are to me, it looks like they're in the zone, and that zone could be for mm-hmm. a small amount of time. It could be a longer amount. But I just love to see that um, that competitiveness and that focus on their face. It's just um, to me, it's inspiring, and it kind of draws me into you know just sport in, in general so I, I love it right yeah 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 i guess that's the right time the zone or that flow you're like as soon as um i'm driving up and i'm pulling up i already know what i gotta do i check in and it's on my way there i'm in the zone i'm driving there i'm in the zone because i'm already thinking about what i gotta do and how long i'm gonna be there and like okay i gotta get there because i got about two hours before the gym close you know so i'm already like doing the game strategy there you go <laughs> Is there a uh, is there an artist or genre of music that you listen to before you go work out or during workout? You know, it's interesting you say that because I used to being from the West Indies. Like sometimes when I'm really tired and I can't get it going, I throw on that reggae music, that dancehall music, Great. because dance you cannot not dance and move your body when you listen to dancehall music. You have to. Um, so I would do, I would listen to dancehall music, but lately, like being very tired and getting anxious about the upcoming show, I switched over to classical music. So when I'm doing my cardio, I'm, I'm actually like calming myself down, listening to classical. But as I'm listening to classical, I'm focusing and thinking about my posing and thinking about how I'm going to look on stage and thinking about my suit, thinking about how I'm going to carry that trophy on the plane. So it helps me. Um, visualize the win, um, but in the but in the moment of working on the weights, I'm you know doing dance hall music. <laughs> That's awesome, and I love I I don't know my, my my listeners and even a lot of my friends don't know this, but I listen to a lot of classic a lot of classical myself, especially when I'm when I'm trying to before I, I'm working with a team or I'm trying to draw a program. I I have that in the background because it just allows me to um, it just stabilizes me, it allows me to relax and think mm-hmm. clearly. Right, yeah, that, that that's when I use it the most. Just when I need that clarity. Yeah. But when I need to get pumped up, dancehall, reggae, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> watch out. Well, <laughs> let me ask you this from your perspective: What's the most difficult part about preparing? for an event, for a bodybuilding event? 
honestly, the difficult part is life. um it's just um there's other things that you know you just not cannot avoid like the bills gotta get paid um i'm short cash this week i'm like oh gosh and like how can you go to the gym and focus um you know the dog got sick like during my prep my my dog passed away i was emotional and then i had to dig deep and still go to the gym you know, I had I took my dog to the vet knowing that I had to put her down and then still had to go to the gym that night. Like, you know, so the hardest part is dealing with life um, because you still have to prioritize that. But then um, I had to learn, especially this prep, that once I get into I, I still have to make this commitment just to go. Just go there. Just go to the gym. And once I go there, then focus on what you have to do. Because if you focus on anything else outside of that, it's not. It's going to be a wasted workout and it won't be effective. Because there's nothing I could do in that moment to save my dog. There's nothing I could do in that moment, maybe to change the outcome of a client couldn't um, didn't, didn't like oatmeal. You know, for those two hours, I, I need to dedicate that to me. I need to take care of myself. I need to take care of my prep. Else. I'm not going to hit that long-term goal of where I want to be because these are just short bursts. Uh, these are just short moments in time. Um, so I need to let those short moments in time just be those sh- a short moment and focus on the on the long-term goal, especially when it comes to the prep part. You you make a great statement and it's a great lesson for any athlete out there that's listening to this because you're right i don't care if you're bodybuilding you're playing football you're playing lacrosse yes we have a sport we love it but there's all these things distractions that could be distractions which is called life and if you're mentally tough and you know how to let that go so when you walk into the gym when you put foot your first footstep on the field or on the court how does an athlete condition their mind to let go whatever it is if it's bills or if it's family situations whatever it is how do they let that go and i think that's i i applaud you for for being present to it because i think a lot of times athletes don't know how to let go of life when they're focusing on you know their competition or performance or practice and it's hard it's trust me it's not easy because i i think the thing i learned is that when i when i come back it'll still be there so yeah, right. I can deal with it, right? So, you know, like two hours is not going to make a break. I mean, there are situations where, you know, the two hours will be detrimental. But in like regular day-in, day-out life, like for example, again, with my dog, I, 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 I couldn't bring her back. There was nothing could, I could really do. So it's either I sit there and cry for two hours or I go to the gym, take care of myself, and then... You know, I allow myself to grieve afterwards. And actually, me taking care of myself was a lot more healthier than me sitting there and grieve because it helped me reflect that she had a great life. She had a healthy life. Right. Um, and she's in a better place. So it actually helped me turn my perspective on, about her dying, about her passing away. So sometimes it's actually beneficial when I go because I get ideas and thoughts when I'm working out, like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't think about this. Because sometimes a, 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 um, a great idea or a new solution will pop in my head as I'm working out. That's awesome. 
Yeah, you know, working out does provide clarity, right? And it's uh, yeah, it stimulates a lot of things in our brain. So, and I'm sorry to hear about your dog, but it's it's actually I'm glad you brought it up because again, going back to my to my point that there's going to be a lot of stuff that emotionally can derail us from from our goal, and that can that can derail us from either just going to the gym or maybe not going to the gym for the next week, two weeks to a month. But the fact that you still, even though you reflected, allowed you to kind of just give you some space from it, but it probably stabilized you. So when you were done working out, you can kind of emotionally deal with with your with the death of your dog. So thank you for 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 sharing that. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. You you actually this is very interesting because you and I had a conversation about this. When you're on the stage, we're looking at you and the rest of the bodybuilders they just look like physical specimens you you're smiling you're dancing you're posing and you look like at your peak you're strong but you mentioned to me a little bit that's just the other way around and can you share a little bit uh kind of what that what that's like to be on stage where we think that you're at your peak but you're probably not yeah so when we're on stage we're actually um at our weakest point in our life because we are so depleted of energy because we have to get down. So we have to get down so shredded, so tight um, that we have used up a lot of our energy doing so. And the other thing also is like you're, you, you have enough hydration just to keep your body looking tight, but not too much, um, but not too hydrated else you can't see the muscle. So you have to get to a certain point where you're just having enough fluids in your body to keep you going, um, just enough carbs, but but you're like doing like this carb cycling and you're like um, towards the end of the cycle, you're like carb depleted and you have to carb yourself back up just to like build your muscles up, but you're physically drained and weak. Um, so when you see the athletes on stage, they're, they're, they look strong, but their strength is gone. <laughs> on mm. stage uh, right so right. but yeah so because we have to because all the work that we have to do to lead up to that yeah you, your strength is just gone see just so it's it's just interesting how we look beautiful we our muscles are popping and we're squeezing the crap out of them so they could pop but we're 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 weak we're at like our weakest point um through the prep wow i mean it's and I, I can it makes sense, but when you're when you see whether if it's on TV or magazines, it, it just doesn't. I don't think a lot of the a lot of the the viewers that are watching that that just doesn't come across their mind. That you guys look like you know you're on top of your game, right? Now, if you do it right, like you know, once you're done, then you know, then you're going to eat, then you start getting your stress out little by little. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this: what when you're done? What do you? What's the first thing that you eat when you get off stage or when you're done with the competition? Well, when I'm all done, so here's the thing: because I've, you know, my the first my first competition, I made a mistake of eating, eating everything I could see because I was so hungry, and that didn't work out well. Cause my stomach said, said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what are you doing?" Mm. Um, now I've learned, <laughs> right? And I just have like one really good meal, so like. I think I'm either going to have a cheesecake or I'm going to have a really big burger with with um, sharp cheddar cheese, bacon, and avocado. All right. 
<laughs> yeah, that's what I think I'm gonna have. A lot of people went for a donut. I just, I just want a big, nice, fat, juicy burger with all the fats on it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, l- let me ask you one thing. Uh, a few things that I want to ask you before we close here, but the when it comes to posing, which is you know obviously that is where you showcase your muscles and. And I know there's an art to posing. How much do you practice posing? And do you put yourself in a position to visualize your 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 pose so you can perfect it on stage? Oh, yeah. So I practice posing every day, either in the morning or after a workout. So you have to practice so that it becomes natural when you do it. And you don't have to figure out where to put certain, um, where to put your finger, how to put your hand. So that you know, okay, if I put my hand, my, if I move my elbows up, then this muscle shows better than if I kept my elbows um, like at this level. So you have to practice every day. And the other thing also is that you got to practice holding it. For certain, I practice holding it for like 10 to 30 seconds because sometimes the judges will actually keep doing it over and over again because they're trying to determine between you and the next person who's looks better, right? And so, so that's exhausting. That's a workout in itself. But you have to do it every day, else the muscle memory won't be there. And then when you get on stage, you're going to fumble. And that's key. I mean, the posing is where you're going to, like you said, showcase the muscle. So that's, that's where you have to practice. So you could have the best muscle structure in the world, but if the judges can't see it as part of the, the, the mandatory poses, it's not going to work. Do you, and this might be a stupid question, but since you are posing a lot and you're, you're flexing your muscles on a daily basis, Obviously, you're building muscle memory. Do you ever do your muscles ever cramp at all? Um, yeah, it happens, and sometimes it's a result of me not drinking enough fluids. So then I have to stop. You know, do the I get massages, deep, deep tissue massages. Um, so you, you still have to take care of yourself, and you have to stay well hydrated. But that's uh, else the cramping will happen. And have you have you ever experienced cramping on the stage at all yet? No, I have not. Not yet. Don't jinx me. No, <laughs> and it won't. I I just bring that up because I could see you know when you're when you're competing in any sport, there can be a lot of things that can happen, right? So obviously, uh-huh. one of the things that you're trying to do is showcase your muscles, and and that's going to allow you to to obviously hopefully win, but or place. But if that were to happen, you know, how does a bodybuilder deal with that on stage if they have a cramp? Yeah, I've I've seen it, and I've also seen like um, one competitor. She was a fitting competitor. She was like shaking like a lot, and you know, trying to hold her pose. You can see her body shaking. And, like, and interestingly, the crowd was cheering her on, telling her to hold on, hold on, hold on. Mm. Like they were motivating her to stay up. And when she got backstage, she just drank a lot of water. And then she came in the. Uh, I think after a while, she came in the audience, and her family just so happy was was sitting next to me. And she just kept saying she was so thirsty. She was so thirsty. She was so thirsty. Wow. She was, so she was really, yeah, she was about to clamp and just, just drop. But the crowd just kind of like was just clapping for her and cheering her on. And that's what kept her going. Wow. That's cool. That's very cool. So you're two, week, you're two and a half weeks away from your competition. I can only imagine what your diet's like. And, and I want my my listeners to understand that there's obviously there's a regiment throughout the whole process of getting prepared for a show but can you walk me through and my listeners just 
kind of what you have to go through from your diet or from a diet perspective, what you have to cut, add, and all that maybe a few weeks before your before your competition. Yeah, and I also want to highlight and put that disclaimer out there that everybody's body is different. So each prep, I've learned how my body responds to different changes in my diet. So you just have to kind of like fine tune, tweak what works best for you. What works best for me as I get closer and closer, like about six to four weeks out, is I start reducing the amount of carbs that I have in my diet, and I also reduce the amount of fat. And then as I get closer down, like maybe about four weeks, I am taking out carbs and fat because I've seen that my I respond well to just the caveman diet, um, mm. protein and vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> so and I and I cut out. So I was eating six meals, and I also cut out one meal, so I'm down to five meals. So. I'm down to the caveman diet of this um, meat and green leafy vegetables or some sort of vegetables, and that's it. And then I start my carb loading um, during peak week, which is that last week before um, the week before the competition. That's when I start putting the doing the carb lo- the carb loading um, process and the rehydrating and drinking it two gallons of water. But right now it's the caveman diet. <laughs> And how much water do you drink on a daily basis? I drink about a gallon, uh, a gallon and a half to two gallons. Mm-hmm. And when you're going through this process, the few weeks before, I mean, I can only imagine. You know, some some days you might have low energy. How does it mess with your your mental your mentals, if you will? You're going into going to work out, and even when you're resting and restoring. How do, how does this diet kind of screw with your your mentality, if you will? Well, I I, I feel weak. Everything burns, um, so you I feel the pain more. But in my head, I know I'm saying to myself, okay, I just suffer now and get through it because um, it's coming soon. It's gonna be over soon. It's gonna be over soon. This is just temporary. It's, it's over soon. So I know it's temporary. This is not something that I'm doing until December, until Christmas. Right, right. This is just a temp. Right, this is just temporary until to get me to that point, so that um, I can my body could look the way I need to look. It could look tight and be ready to stage. So that's why um, I actually have a countdown clock um, <laughs> of, of when I actually have to go on stage. <laughs> so that's how I. So that's why it's. it's each prep is, 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 is it gets better and better because I've learned how to train myself to remind myself that this is just temporary. This is not long-term. I'm not doing this to my body for the rest of my life. So right now I'm looking at my countdown clock. I'm two weeks, five days, 14 hours, 23 minutes, and 22 seconds out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, hey, so man. I know, it, I know <laughs> it's not going to last forever. Right. But I love it, man. You're, you're tracking your goal. You're, you're tracking uh, when when – when you have to put it on. I love it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it real. Like, you know, it's, it's like when you put that date out there and then actually sign up, it, it's real. Yeah. It's, re- you know, and that's a great point because I've, I've coached high school football and we have a clock and it's, it's interesting. As soon as the season's over, that clock actually, it turns on or turns over, if you will. And it counts to the, to the second when the first game is. So when mm-hmm. you're constantly working out in the weight room, you see this clock on, you know, it's 96 days in 44 hours, whatever, you know, 33 seconds before the first game. So 
I love that because it gives you, it kind of keeps your goal in front of you at all times. Right. Or a reminder. It's real because then, yeah, because then, you know, when you skip that workout and you say, oh, I got more time. Before you know it, that time has come and passed and you're like, what happened? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, before we close, um, it's that time of my podcast where I always promote a book. And this book is from um, an author. His name's Joe Manganillo. And he has a book that's called Evolution, The Cutting Edge Guide to Breaking Down Mental Walls and Building the Body You've Always Wanted. So obviously very fitting of this conversation. If you're interested in checking out this book, uh, it's a great read and, and please do that. Um, Patricia, thank you so much for being on your show and, and sharing your story and your journey and, and your experience getting prepared for your upcoming uh, event. Where can we, if anybody's interested in checking you out, um, wh- where's your event they're going to be competing at? So I will be competing in the North America Championships. It's out um, and um, it's under Gary Udit, U-D-I-T Productions. So he has a website where he has a list of all his events. So the event is a week-long event, and I'm in the Women's Physique Division. And Women's Physique goes on on August 31st. So you can actually follow him on, on his website, or you can follow him on Instagram. And there, I think it's called, on Instagram, it's Muscle Sports Productions, I believe. And let me... And you can actually follow... They will post um, all the different events, and pictures and, and stats and so on and so forth. Great. Now, now, do you have social media for our listeners to follow you as well? Yeah. So my um, IG is max underscore muscle underscore Berkeley. And max is M-A-X-1-X. Um, and then you could also follow me on Facebook at um, Patricia Johnson. Perfect. Great. Well, for my listeners... Definitely check out Gary Udit Productions. Uh, check out on social media. Also check out Patricia Johnson. And we are we're pulling for you. And I wish you all the the luck. And I know all the hard work's going to pay off. And I can't wait to hear how the, how your experience was um, at this next competition. Thank you. You bet. Mm-hmm.